Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. Actually, news alert, we're changing the name. Nothing's going to change. You don't need to change your subscriptions or anything like that. Um, But from now on, it's going to be the Kinks and Beatles Daily Deep Dive. Uh, Just thought it would be a little bit easier for the uh, people to, to find this podcast and eliminate some sexually focused podcasts and just find this charming little music thing. Um, so Kings and Beatles daily deep dive. I am your host as always, Tony Fry. And today on episode 210, we are talking about Get Back in Line by the Kinks. This song was released November 27th, 1970 on the album Lola versus Power Man and the Money Go Round Part 1. And it tells the story of a young worker, presumably a musician, considering the subject matter of the rest of this album, uh, who finds it embarrassing to be reliant on the union in order to meet his financial needs. And having been banned by the American Federation of Musicians, which is the musicians union here in the United States, um, they were banned from touring in the United States at a critical point in the band's commercial development. It's easy to read this track as an attack on the organization, but I've never seen it presented specifically as an indictment on the musicians union. But I mean, considering the rest of the subject matter of this album and considering the kinks very recent history with the American Federation of musicians, um, of which I was a proud board member for several years, I can see how it'd be easy to draw that line and make a, a pretty good argument for that. This to me is one of Ray's most gorgeous ballads and it ranks up there with sitting in my hotel room, which Long-time listeners to this podcast know is one of my favorite songs of any artist. Uh, that one is just a perfect pop song in every way. And this one's right up there with it. It's just such a good tune. It's a good production. Everything about it is just lovely. And it comes at a good point in the album because we've already had Strangers, which is another ballad. So, you know, this is the fourth track on this this LP, and it's our second ballad already. But then we kind of have a stretch with with no ballads and more than Strangers, I think, which is a more traditional straight-ahead ballad. This one's got some power to it. So it's kind of being a hybrid where it's like, yes, it's a ballad and it's slow and it's you know more uh, quiet in nature, but it's also got those electric guitars and stuff that are kind of ushering in the next section of this album, which is very rock-oriented. Um, one thing I love about the lyrics of this song is how Ray changes the words to the chorus. Most songwriters keep the chorus the same each time through because that's the part of the song we're all supposed to latch on to. But in this case, the first time around, Ray sings, when I see the union man walking down the street. But on the second chorus, he sings, cause the union man's got such a hold over me. And it's a cool little turn there because the first chorus indicates a little bit of hope where the second chorus indicates a little frustration. And, and as if he's been passed by this union man one too many times on this particular day. And there's a growing frustration throughout the verses too, right? At the beginning, it's, you know, he's facing the world. Uh, um, he's facing the world. There isn't anything going on. He's standing on the corner waiting, watching time go by. And, and then we get, because when I see the Union man walking down the street, it's a little bit more hopeful. But then we get to the second verse, and then he's, now I think of what my mama told me. She always said that it would never, ever work out. But all I want to do is make some money and bring you home some wine. So it's getting a little less hopeful and a little bit more like, 
how many days am I going to wait in this line? And so the reflection of that in the course, I think is kind of cool. It really um, kind of grounds the chorus in, in the, the context of the song. It's not, it's not like a standalone section that you can isolate, you know, as being the main hook or whatever. This is developing as the narrative in the song develops. And you don't see that a ton um, in pop tunes, but when you do, I like, I like how he uses it here. I don't um, know really what to say about this track. It's just a beautiful number and the recording has a lot going on. The layering of guitars and keyboard parts is really effective on this track. Um, probably thanks to uh, this being the first time they're using 16 track tapes. When they went to make Lola, they, they changed recording studios and now they have access to 16 track tape recorders and you hear a lot more layering and stuff. And just in general, I think the sound quality of these recordings um, is kind of kicked up a notch and you hear that in the next few albums. Uh, there's just a, you know, and it's a different era now, but some of those early kinks albums are tough to listen to because they weren't recorded in the best studios and and now it seems like it's getting a little bit better. Um, but if you listen to it, there's like at least two electric guitar parts that I counted, plus the acoustic guitar part and a couple keyboard parts. There's a lot going on in this song. The structure of the song, pretty simple, except for one little bar that um, tweaks with the timing at the end of the chorus. Um, it's pretty straight ahead. And then the harmonic structure is pretty straight ahead too. The song is in G but it utilizes moving bass lines to give the illusion of more chords than are actually being played. For example, let me grab my guitar. We start in G, or in G, we're starting on a G chord, right? And then he drops the bass to F sharp. Now he's not changing chords, he's just changing that bottom note. And then that leads to an E minor which is actually very similar to a, a G major chord. It's, uh, that E is really the big difference there. So with that descending bass line, we've got. And then from there, he climbs up, and he's going up chromatically to A minor, which is a fourth above E minor. But he's just doing that. And immediately, to D. So there's all these descending bass lines and, and moving in both directions, really, ascending and descending, um, over every single bar here. And it's a cool effect because it, it lets you just sit here and play on that G chord. Facing the world ain't easy. Standing at the corner waiting, watching time go by. That's a cool hook right there. He he pulls this F chord out, um, which you know is not really established in the key of G anywhere. But then it pivots. It allows him to pivot to D minor, which is the relative minor, and then immediately goes to E seven. We haven't heard an E major chord. And then that's the five of A minor. So now he can get back to the five or to the A minor. And 
and then that takes like so he's doing these little cycles here that are really cool but that little hook that a minor it's a great little chord progression the chorus is uh, very similar to the verse in its chord changes with one noteworthy exception that the d minors on the verse are now majors in the chorus and ray loves mixing up major and minors particularly on a d chord for some reason because he switches from d minor to d major um a couple times on sunny afternoon so where you have um uh, where am i so we've got standing at the corner time go by right where, where that will go to a D minor on the verse um, we've got the same lead build up to it but he switches to D major he takes out that F chord that hook I was just telling you about and switches to T minor C uh, then he walks up to me the sun begins to shine And then this is where he would go to D minor in the verse, but here he goes to D major. Locks. And it's not just that he goes to D major, but he actually bases the melody on that F sharp, which is the difference between a D minor and a D major. You got F and D minor, F sharp on D major. And that's where he, then he walks right past and I know. So he just sits on that F sharp, which we haven't heard um previously because he's been doing d minors the whole time so that in this part of the song there's a d major earlier up there but in this section of the of the chord progression so it's a cool little trick that immediately grabs your ear so that last line of the chorus your ear is just honed in on what's being said because all of a sudden the melody's not going anywhere he's just sticking on this one note and it's a note that you haven't heard much over the entirety of this song. And that's a cool little composition trick. All in all, this is one of those songs that um, you're only likely to discover on the album or King's Chronicles if you bought that record. And it's likely to impress you. Uh, I don't know. I've never talked to a King's fan that didn't like this song. It's just a really, really gorgeous rock song with all the elements perfectly placed. And a lot of bands would have probably made this an acoustic song with lots of orchestral overdubs. But in the King's hands, it's electric guitars and drums and heavy keyboards. I mean, that... Or Organ is just like doing full chords. It's not, I mean, sometimes it's doing these little Baroque lines and stuff, but it's not just supporting in the background. It is just, you know, real heavy. Uh, and all of that is backing a kind of soft and delicate vocal delivery by Ray. Uh, it's just really great production on this one. And uh, as I have said with all the uh, songs from this album, and we'll continue to say with the future songs from this album, this is one of my favorites on the album. Every song on this album is one of my favorites on this album. If you have any comments about Get Back in Line, give me a call, 925-494-1739. Send me an email, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. Um, you can join us. Uh, we have a subreddit page at Hero Habit. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash kinksandbeats. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at kinksandbeats, or you can just go to herohabit.com and under the podcast button, all the information you need is there, including all the 209 other episodes that we've done uh, so far. And of course, if you feel like uh, supporting this podcast with uh, five bucks, you can do that over at Hero Habit as well. 
All right. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you guys next time. Have a great day, guys. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes. This post roll is just becoming a running gag now. I wonder how many people actually have listened to it all the way through. Am I the only one that even hears that this is going on? Or do you all stop the podcast as soon as I start talking about social media and giving me money? I'm curious. Part of me doesn't even want to fix the the post roll. Just let it go. I don't know why it's doing it. It's digital. It shouldn't have variable speed on a digital file. All right, I'm done.